You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. so sweet so I turned myself to face me but I've never caught a glimpse how the others must see the faker I'm much too fast to take that test change This episode we'll be talking about David Bowie, Hunky Dory. In the room I have Rob. Hello. Ben. Hello. And Hi. And John. Hello. Hunky Dory is a fourth studio album by the English musician David Bowie, released on the 17th of December 1971 on RCA Records. The producer was Ken Scott and David Bowie, and the genre is art rock, art pop, glam rock. And from all music reviews, Stephen Thomas Irwine. After the freakish hard rock of The Man Who Sold the World, David Bowie returned to singer-songwriter territory on Hunky Dory. Not only did the album boast more folksy songs, but he again flirted with the Anthony Newley-esque dance hall music, seemingly leaving heavy metal behind. As a result, Hunky Dory is a kaleidoscope array of pop styles tied together only by Bowie's sense of vision, a sweeping cinematic melange of high and low art, ambiguous sexuality, kitsch, and class. Mick Robinson's guitar is pushed to the back, leaving Rick Wakeman's cabaret piano to dominate the sound of the album. The subtle support accentuates the depth of Bowie's material, whether it's the revamped Tin Pan Alley of Changes, the Neil Young homage Quicksand, the soaring Life on Mars, the rolling vaguely homosexual anthem Oh You Pretty Things, or the dark acoustic rocker Andy Warhol. On the surface, such a wide range of styles and sounds would make any album incoherent, but Bowie's improved songwriting and determined sense and style instead made Hunky Dory a touchstone for reinterpreting pop's traditions into fresh postmodern pop music. All right, what do we think of Hunky Dory? Quick question. All right. The implication of him leaving heavy metal, does that mean The Man Who Sold the World was a heavy metal record? There's some hard rock tracks on it's it. It's kind of hard rock. I think... Uh, it's it's very strange sometimes when reviewers they will throw in heavy metal which is not definitely not our heavy metal um so i think hard like early. more yeah rocking okay early hard to yeah. rock there's some heavy songs on it but they are not metal no yeah. absolutely not all right what do we think i like this record <laughs> <laughs> yeah this record's amazing uh it starts it kicks off so good with changes oh you pretty things it really never loses momentum, in my opinion. I was going to ask if it does lo- lose momentum, though, in the in the latter half. Like, I'd say the latter half okay. doesn't hit me the way that the, the first half does. Um, and maybe it's just because, I don't want to say it's more experimental. It goes into folk territory. Yeah, there's parts of it that don't 
the pop sensibilities and the the interesting takes on pop sensibilities that are throughout the first half don't carry as much in the second half. The second half seem, I don't know, it's not a cover per se, but in the style of a variety of other artists. I think that's uh, kind of the theme for the album. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, there's a lot of different, like where where he has gone on record and say like the artist that inspired him for for different songs on, on both sides. So of this. do you think, he, I mean, but on the second half, it at least seems like, oh, this is the Dylan track. Oh, this is the Lou Reed Velvet Underground well, track. Like, following up Andy Warhol with song for Bob Dylan, it, right. kind of on the nose. Right, yeah, like dead on, yeah. <laughs> hmm. So, but you think that the other songs, like, uh, you think changes is in the style of Elton John, or like, what do you no, think? No, like, but there, there are other ones. Life on Mars was inspired by slash parody of My Way. Hmm. Which uh, he originally wrote the... Uh, he had his own like little lyric thing because that was originally a French song, mm-hmm. and then uh, Sinatra didn't. Whoever was pitching it to Sinatra wasn't going to allow like David Bowie's shitty lyrics in at that point in time. <laughs> so very feasibly, without that rejection, we wouldn't have David Bowie as he is or as he was. Oh. Uh, I was uh, getting rejected as one of the main reasons why. You <laughs> I think that's why this. Oh, that's interesting. That's why this album succeeds, though, is because he tried. I mean, I think he. It's been brought up time and time again that he is truly a chameleon. He can change well, this, within like, each thing. He's like stretching in all these different directions here, and it makes an odd sense, right? Like, yeah, it works every time for me. Like I love this album, mm-hmm. um, and showing his stretches and maybe having that work out like allowed maybe some of the additional chameleon stuff. Like he felt comfortable in it. After this, maybe? I don't know. But I love the way it is. Well, I think it gave him more opportunity because before he was seen as kind of a one-hit wonder mm-hmm. uh, with Space Oddity. And after this, people started to pay attention, essentially. Yeah. They said, oh, it's, David Bowie is not just a... Uh, we would, we would call it like freak folk, but it's like that hippie, uh, the sort of uh, cosmic folk... Yeah, that mm-hmm. him and Ty- Tyrannosaurus Taurus, yeah. Rex were doing at that time, and I think a lot of that too had to do with him coming to America, seeing some of the acts, Velvet Underground, and seeing Stooges, and seeing that other stuff, and just going out and and doing it, trying something different, being mm-hmm. inspired, and and just trying these different uh these songs and, and stretching in all these directions and kind of trying out his hand at all these sounds he kind of stumbled into glam and this isn't the first glam album because technically electric warrior came out like three months before it but you know it, it's it came out so close after this no way he could be like Oh, what's this new hot glam sound? <laughs> like, yeah. he, he came into it independently. Yeah, yeah, and Mark Boland was like played guitar with him too. Well, it's not like they weren't. And you Rick, know, and Rick Wakeman plays on Electric Warrior and on this. Rick Wakeman is strutting all over this week's <laughs> listening. Yeah, well, and good for him. Yeah. Like, goddamn. <laughs> Wakeman's uh, twinkling fingers really adds a lot. He can reel it in. He it, can. It's, yeah. he, he's not just a dude that shreds solos all the time, which I was not aware of until this week. <laughs> he just I thought he we, just like went up there. <laughs> he was just like, I'll be Bapaloo. A little bit. Twinkling the keys. <laughs> but then when Bowie offered him the full time position, Rick Wakeman was like, I would actually prefer to shred solos all the time. Yeah. <laughs> 
But he can do both. That's important. He can. Musicianship. Right? Only now, and yes, he doesn't need to. <laughs> I think, too, it probably helped because Bowie did teach, he, he did, like, play it on the piano. And people said Bowie could have played, not, Bowie said, confessed to, you know, that he was not as talented he's not as gifted as wakeman is but he could have played the piano on these tracks but right. he was like just not as i know well. how to teach yeah. the you know i can tell you how to play it but you're you're gonna do it better than i could man that's that's the best of all possible like so so bowie is a fine pianist rick wakeman is a virtuoso but bowie's got you know, he's got that ear for, like, a simple melody and stuff like that. So if he, yeah, like, if he teaches, like, tells Rick, like, I want you to play this, and then Rick just plays that like a studio pro. Yeah. Playing parts Bowie wrote only more adeptly than Bowie could have. Yeah. You know, like. You know what I learned this week, which I had no clue about, is that's Bowie playing sax. Oh, yeah. He's a sax player. What? I totally forgot about it. You know, in Let's Dance, he plays sax, and I was like. Right, of course. Dude, he plays sax all over uh, Lou Reed's Transformer album. Yeah. Just, just all over it. All over <laughs> it. <laughs> just, just marching through the studio. My goodness. <laughs> Think about a world to come where the books were found by the golden ones. Written in vain, written in all by a puzzle man who questioned what we were here for. All the strangers came today. Oh, you pretty things. Don't you know you're driving your drivers and drivers insane? Oh, you pretty things. Don't you know I didn't even think about it like uh, I think about it on his later uh, like 80s stuff but I totally forgot on changes like there's sax in there and yeah. it just sounds so cool oh yeah the end of uh, Life on Mars the ringing we're listening to it right now we hear somebody like pick up and it's like hello <laughs> oh I'd never heard that yeah. before yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, like ring, it's like ringing in the studio <laughs> yeah Awesome. So we're listening to Kooks right now, which is about Bowie's newborn son, Duncan Jones. But uh, musically, he was going for a Neil Young thing, he said. Yeah. And I hear that. I do hear that. You don't like this one. I'm not a big fan of Kooks. I'll be honest. <laughs> Wait, in general or the song? <laughs> the song. I think it's because it comes off of... I think it's because I cannot put my mind in the in just hear it as a normal song because it comes after three like of the like three amazing songs and then it's Kooks, you know. Yeah, and Kooks's style is kind of that like sing songy children's. It's a semi country song. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's a nap time song, <laughs> <laughs> which is very sweet to write to his son. And, you know, that type of nurturing allowed his son to later grow to be the man who wrote and directed the Warcraft movie. <laughs> and oh. also Moon. Hey. Moon is a good movie. Moon is great. You're right. He did yeah. Source Code, too. Yep, yep. I so, love Moon. Are you saying Warcraft's no good? <laughs> I did watch it. I did watch uh, Warcraft. That makes one it. of us. <laughs> yes. I saw bits of it and just left the room a bunch of times. But, Rob, yeah. what do you think of Kooks? Hey, it's not... No, no. 
Nah. <laughs> not, not for me. Nah. No, not my, not my jam. It, it's like this low point that it, it, you're on such a high after life on Mars that I think if Kooks was squished in on the backside, at like song two on the B side or something like that, I'd be like, totally cool. That's fine. For me, I'm just like, I'm just resting until the next banger. Right, yeah, <laughs> like, quicksand's up next. I just need to catch my breath. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, maybe that's not well, you the fairest way to You could have swapped it out with Queen Bitch or something. And... Um, yeah, but then Queen Bitch wouldn't be on side two. Yeah. yeah we need Queen Bitch on side we need two. Queen oh, to, to give some weight well, to side it, two. Queen Bitch is just such a good rocker. I want it right where, like, I need that rock right there. Yeah, you need a couple rockers on Well, but that's the only because side. of the other... Songs in order. I mean, you could reorder. Are, are, are you going to resequence all yep, of Funky Dory? That's right. I'm going to resequence it. It'll be much better. <laughs> Bold moves. I'm going to end with kooks. <laughs> Make it an ELP. I don't, I don't, I don't mind kooks. Like, it, it's definitely, it's, there's like, of, of this 11 track album, it's got like eight of my favorite Bowie songs on it. Uh, and kooks isn't one of those, but it's fine. You know, like they, they, they can't, all be life on Mars. It's true. It's sweet, but I've listened to this album a lot of times, and every time it comes on, I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> so it's also maybe not it does sound as like memorable it's... as the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking uh, at this time, this sort of like, this is the start of this sort of, obviously glam, but it's also right in there with the Elton John uh, piano singer-songwriters, just like Randy Newman and these different, uh, <laughs> I, I, you, you don't think that his name is in the same just, sentence just, as Bowie? No, I, I don't think that Randy Newman's name should be in the same vein as <laughs> Elton John. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Okay. But my God, the difference between but rock just, and roll and yeah. Randy Newman is yeah. vast. vast. Yeah. But I'm just saying that there are, it, there are like a, there's definitely a piano driven, uh, rock attitude yeah, in, in but, this well, early how, 70s. How long has it been since uh, the uh, what's his nuts? Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis? Yeah. yeah. Like, cause that, that, that cyclical nature of rock and roll coming back in, like... I think it's time for rock and roll. Definitely do. Yeah. and For sure. Yeah, so like the album, it, it's got all these different musical styles, but the whole thing does rock. This is a rock and roll record. But I love... I love all the cool... I don't know. I think it's more of a you pop. You think this is a rock and roll record? I think it's more Almost, pop. I agree with Birch. Yeah, it's it's more glam pop. Like it's What's not, good it's, glam pop? But it's not it's not full it's not, it's not full glam. It is. But it's I believe it is. 100% glam. Percent glam. This is fully, fully glam. glam. This is a glam rock record. This is only glam. I'm going to say it's 95% glam. <laughs> what what 5% of it isn't glam? Uh, kooks. Um, no, Kooks is. No, Kooks is kooks glam. Is glam. As fuck. Yeah, well, I yeah. guess because the camp element. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, ninety. Some really big bell bottoms <laughs> going on with that. Okay, like. so it's a it's a glam. Up. All right, fine, yeah. fine, done. You win. Yeah. Sorry, Ben. Oh, but uh, just uh, the the subject matter of it. There's like a there's like a theme, kind yeah. of like there's like the occultism and like the rise of like a a new type of human. And look out, you rock and rollers! Like, just like this this. This philosophy that, like, watch out, there's a new thing coming right now with, like, with, like, all, like, the, like, occultist tie-ins and stuff. And then, like, name-checking, like, what I assume are other people that he considers are in there with him. You know, it's, it's, a, it's exciting. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, I wish I lived then instead of <laughs> now. now. you get this <laughs> No, I want to look forward to glam. Yeah, yeah I, I, for one, had no idea that Bowie was, like, 
deep into Nietzschean, uh, you know, ubermensch theory. And there's so much alienation in this. Like, that's why I like life on Mars so much. Like, it's about being an outsider, like really hard. Yeah. Um, Like it's for me, it's like really tied up in like my queer identity, but also like just the idea that like there's all this fucked up shit and like it makes you feel lonesome, even if you're in it with other people. So I don't know. Like it's. Yeah. I've always interpreted it as we have sort of like a magical world, but at the same time it, it becomes so mundane that it can is there just someplace else that I can look for like some sense of like commonality with, with uh, on another planet or something like that? It's like finding your place. It's kind of growing up. I don't know. It's like a spiritual song. Knowledge comes with death's release. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that in uh That's in quicksand. That's quicksand. Yeah. Right now, yeah. 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 That's the one that has the most references to like the golden dawn and like, <laughs> It's really, Crowley. It's, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was into Crowley back then. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he had cool imagery. <laughs> he had interesting ideas, but he was kind of a jerk. <laughs> Man, do you think we've got another kind of like rock and roll alien savior coming to to help us out? Yeah, I feel oh, like fuck. I, I hope so. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for a for just a. Freaky bisexual rock and roll alien savior just to come tell me it's gonna be okay. I mean, why isn't that Janelle Monet? <laughs> she could oh, she be. Could be. I mean, she shit. could be. <laughs> Bitch, she might be. <laughs> She's got a lot of those elements. She's we, like maybe less Lizzo. rock, more yeah. pop, but yeah. 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 It's cool. We got some all right. Yeah, we got stuff some options. Yeah. We got some options. All right, y'all. We're gonna, we're gonna be okay. <laughs> Rebuild that mothership, take it out of the uh, yeah. So this Smithsonian and get to work. <laughs> this did hit number three on the UK sh- charts, nineteen seventy two. Um, but it didn't go like it wasn't it wasn't a huge seller. It didn't go gold until uh, uh, nineteen eighty two. So ten years later, um, but it also went platinum at the same time. And I think that was due to uh, re release. And there was also a television show called Life on Mars. side two track one theory, okay right? yeah well no that's not it's not it's a it's a it's theory. a fact it's not a it's not like a rule that is always the case okay so we agree that the rule side two track one is not the banger here well no fill your heart is not the banger of this album no <laughs> which, which, <laughs> which would you call the there's banger, no one ben? that would call this the banger <laughs> man this album's got like seriously it's got like seven bangers but what you and, said eight of your favorite bowie songs yeah they don't all need to be bangers <laughs> which which of the which of these is the banger of all bangers on this album um, Life on Mars, for me. Oh. I mean, I kind of like Queen Bitch. I really like I, all you pretty things. Yeah, Ooh. 
I mean, if somebody said quicksand changes, if they said any of these, I, I would have no problem. But I think I love quicksand, but it's not a banger. I think Life on Mars has transcended pop music into being such a. It's an anthem. Anthem. Life on Mars is an anthem. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm torn between since we're getting into glam now, and mm-hmm. uh, we we got the uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex coming up in the not too distant future, like. T-Rex. I know. Guys, <laughs> I was using the full name. I know they abbreviated it. It's fine. It, it marked a fine. change in direction for the band. Yes, it did. Um, you can talk about that Like, <laughs> I wouldn't put this on to the party. No. no. I would put on the entirety. i this at a party. Of, of Electric, Electric Warrior. That's, yeah. yeah. That's a party yeah. record. Yeah. yeah. This, so, uh, this and so, like, as far as, like. Like, for me, it's, like, pers- personal listening. And I, and I get it. But, like. I, I associate glam with, uh, like, I guess... Boogie? Uh, Something you can put on at a party. A college party, yeah. Yeah. Or the college town party. I didn't go to college there, but I went to college town. <laughs> we had a good time in college town. We did have a great time in college town. <laughs> um, but no, like, that and, like, Sweet and Slade and all that shit, like... And all, all that's... It's common. All that's, like, there, but, like, having Bowie... At some sort of like uh, spear tip of glam, this doesn't tickle me the way that the other ones do. Right, he's not full Ziggy, but he's getting there. He's getting there. This is this is the pinnacle. This is the the crest. He's I mean, he is it. penultimate Ziggy. He is. <laughs> he is. He has transitioned from his folk attitudes of. I, I think a lot of these songs, like Andy Warhol and some of the others, were actually pinned before, and then once he got the band, it was like. Once he got the spiders, it was all mm. over. Mm-hmm. I like the he put it all together. We're listening to the uh, the intro to Andy Warhol right now, where the uh, the recording engineer mispronounces Warhol, and then Bowie's just correcting him, and <laughs> then they laugh, and then they go into the song. I'm glad they left that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nice. <laughs> it is nice. Yeah, I mean, and you're not you're right. Like it's it's maybe not a party album, but when David Bowie died, and I poured myself like an entire pint glass of gin, this is. One of the albums I listened to at least Me too. like three or four times because I was just like, this feels personal in a different way than that stuff too, right? It was all Let's Dance for me. <laughs> That's cool. That's a good record. That's stuff for everybody. That's why he's so good. I don't right? think he yeah. put out a bad record. Yeah. Not uh, that I can. I think we're getting eight, but like more than good. Any, anybody good. else. Good. Yeah. Finally. No. Why not nine? <laughs> is the Labyrinth soundtrack? Well, and, uh, Black Star is. If you were using the updated book, yeah, it's the, the last updated, one the updated book has book. Black Star in it, so that's also yeah. a very good record. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I dig the uh, like the flamenco style guitar riff in Andy Warhol. Like, bah, 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 I, I want to say it's probably my possibly my favorite part of the song. <laughs> Uh, Bowie once played this song for Andy Warhol, but Andy Warhol was so like notoriously stoic that Bowie never knew whether or not he liked it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. He's like. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, David. <laughs> oh, you should be him again for Halloween. That was really fun. You're really good at being Andy Warhol. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll just say one one last thing. Uh, Life on Mars, Bowie at the time of Hunky Dory's release, summed up the song as a senti- sensitive young girl's reaction to the media. Uh, in 1997, he added, I think she finds herself disappointed with reality that although she's living in the doldrums of reality, she's being told that there's far greater life somewhere and she's bitterly disappointed that she doesn't have access to it. That seems good. That seems yeah. on the money. What do you think of this, Rob? Yeah, it's great. You should listen to it. All right. 
Uh, do. I don't want to end this episode without hearing Queen Bitch. Okay. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll play it out. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of the album, though? Oh, this album? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> the sense I got. Like, there's a... Uh, I, I wrote these notes of, uh, like a week or two ago, but uh, under Song for Bob Dylan, uh, I have a David Bowie quote written under that one. Uh, it just says, if there wasn't someone that was going to use rock and roll, then I'll do it. And I forget what that was in a reference to, but He's, I like that quote. That, that song I read was about him sort of saying, well, if someone's not going to step in to be the voice or be the, the, the figurehead of the moment, he was going to do it. And he Thank thought that, goodness. Yeah, and he thought that Dylan, you know, previously had sort of done that mm-hmm. but hadn't been doing it lately and so he's like well fuck it I'll do it dude better Bowie than Clapton yeah uh, <laughs> darkest timeline <laughs> alright I'm hearing a positive from Ben yeah yeah. I like Queen Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually, that, that was the, it, we were talking about the the, the day that we, we learned that he died I never, like I, I celebrate his whole catalog and i didn't know I, I i couldn't have told you like a favorite bowie song or anything like that but when i read that news it was the very first song that i wanted to hear it's strange mm. like it never really it just like bubbled up it was like oh, i've got to hear queen bitch so yeah. i don't know i like that song and i like that uh like a lot of these were inspired by different artists uh, that one was inspired by uh velvet underground and lou reed and that song is 100 percent glam rock yeah <laughs> i'm an acoustic guitar at that yeah what do you think Ian? I love it. It's yeah. great. Yeah. No complaints. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I mean, there are certain albums that we're going to review where you just look at it and you're like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, this is a duh album. Like, yeah. it's, it's fucking great. It's got amazing songs on it. There are songs on here that I hadn't heard because I'm not like uh, a died in the wool Bowie fan. Like, I just, you know, I, I'll admit I haven't heard that much of his stuff. Yeah. And um, there are songs on here that maybe I'm not crazy about. But as an album with these songs on it, it's absolutely amazing. It's a great fucking album. Yeah, I I would say the same thing. I mean, this is we're just getting into Bowie now, so this is it's all uphill from all downhill from here. It's all into outer space. We've gone up and now we go out. (laughs) Do y'all think Mick Ronson gets his due? Mm, I'm going to say no. I don't think anybody and I think everybody looks at Bowie. So as they should. Yes. I still think that Mick Ronson deserves his his due. Yeah, I think yeah. I think his backing band could get a bit more uh, accolades, but it's awesome. Birch, what did you think? Oh, what did I think? Total posi- total positive. <laughs> Life on Mars was the first dance. Nice. At the wedding. Mhm. So I think I'm a fan. <laughs> it's so good. David Bowie's so good. Can't wait to listen to the next uh, album. Next one is Ziggy, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Next one is Ziggy Is it 72? Yep. Yep. Cool. So All right. Early. Next time we'll be talking about Randy Newman, Sail Away. Oh. All right. Thanks, y'all. small To the girl with the mousey hair But her mommy is yelling no her daddy has told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen (laughs) 
But the film is a sad thing for But she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools As they ask her to focus on singers Fighting in the dance hall Is there life?